All right, episode 236 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I'm Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, creator of the show. Can't believe we've got like 236 episodes. That's really remarkable to think about. But let's not think about that. Let's just think about today's episode. Today, you're in for a great chat. Wonderful conversation with my friend Larissa Corso. It's actually her second time on the show. I met her, boy, maybe five, six, seven years ago out here at a yoga studio, and she was just reading quietly on her yoga mat before class started. The, the yoga studio is this packed house. It's like a club. It's like a scene of like 70, 80, 90 people chatting and jabbering like crazy before class started. And every few classes, I would see Larissa just lying on the ground on her mat reading a book. And I thought, you know, that's somebody that I have to say hello to. So I said hi, and the friendship was born. That's Sometimes it's that simple. Just just walk up to people that you're interested in and say hello. I know that's that's really challenging for people these days, but I think it's worth, <laughs> worth giving that a try. So today's episode, I know I often focus on social media, technology, yoga, the artist's way in, in sort of managing this tech bombardment happening in our society. But I love talking to Larissa because we talk about money and saving money and saving for your future. We all have these unique relationships with money, and it's scary. Uh, and it's also scary to think about your future. It's scary about thinking about getting old. And so I think this is a really important, valuable conversation that she and I have. We talk about, obviously, money, but we also talk about taking risks and following your inner voice and about saving and making good choices around money. Uh, we also, of course, talk a little bit about cats. We both adore our cats. So, of course, we had to have a little bit of a discussion about cats. If you hear my cat, Leo, in the background, I apologize, but he does have this tendency to sort of invade my space whenever I record podcasts. So let me read this to you from Larissa's LinkedIn. By the way, you can find Larissa on Instagram at Larissa Marin or on LinkedIn at Larissa Corso. Of course, I will have all the links to her in the notes section of this podcast. But this is from Larissa's uh, LinkedIn. She's a, um, she's a junior broker at World Financial Group slash Transamerica. And she is about building a successful six-figure financial services business, helping ambitious, like-minded individuals to do the same. She'll talk about entrepreneurship, business building, financial literacy, and tax-free retirement specialist, or she is a tax-free retirement specialist. Again, sometimes talking about money isn't the most exciting thing, but I do think it's one of the most important conversations or, or discussions that we should be having right about now. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, you can find Larissa on LinkedIn. You can also find her on Instagram. You know where to find me on Instagram. I keep saying Instagram. <laughs> you can find me at the Spiritual Spiral Podcast or at, Eddie, or at Eddie Cohn. Any questions, please reach out. And you know what also is an incredibly helpful ask is if you could go to iTunes and write a review or give the show a five star on iTunes or Spotify, or maybe share the show with your friends. I also have a huge library of episodes, so please go back and have a listen. Larissa, thanks again 
for taking the time to speak to me. It's always great to talk to you. And as always, thanks to you for listening, supporting, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I had to use my headphones because today everyone in the neighborhood is mowing their lawn. Oh my God. Isn't that the worst? Well, it's, I, I was a bit hyperbolic. It's not the worst thing ever, but there's, I, yes. there's been worse things that have happened. <laughs> well, it's funny, like, because I record a lot at home, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because normally Thursday at three o'clock Pacific time, the neighbor next door guaranteed is mowing the lawn and I completely forgot about it. So, but it's not happening right now. So it's a miracle. Yeah. What time is it for you? Three, oh, three fifteen. Yeah. I can't believe it's so early for you. I know. Yeah. It's like night. Who's that? Oh, Leo. Did, did somebody just walk? Oh, there's God. Leo's so funny. He, uh, it's like he he knows when. Look, uh, Leo's here too. That's right. You have a cat named Leo too. That's him, Leo. <laughs> Leo. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Aren't they the best? I never thought I'd be a cat person. Yeah, they really, they're just, uh, they're, it, they're so complex, you know? They, they, uh, they're not as simple as just give me a toy and, and uh, follow you around like a, do- like a dog. I mean, they're, they're, wow. yeah, they're much more multidimensional and they've got a lot of complexities to them. It's interesting because we were, we've been gone for a week and... Who watches the cats? They watch themselves pretty much, but... Well, how do they eat? Parents, his, they have an automatic okay. feeder. Yeah. They have automatic water. They right. have automatic litter. Okay. Scooper thingy. Yeah. So it, they're pretty self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So his mom came over one day. Who's the cat? Then, the cat? The cat's mom? <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe's mom. Yeah. Joe's mom came <clears throat> one day, and then they came on this past Saturday and they had to change the litter cold play. Is that what you're listening to right now? I'm listening to you right now. Oh, I just saw your album. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, is that, that, that's, is that on, is that on trend right now? Cause I love cold play always and forever. I wouldn't say that I'm setting any trends, but that is considering I like cold play considering that records like 20 years old, but yeah, I've been listening to that for the last like week, a couple 20 of, years. I know we're old. It's crazy, huh? So anyways, his mom stopped over. But last night when we got home, they had no water in their little, they drank it all. Hmm. That's, that's scary. Yeah. I'm sure they were fine because I know there was, they filled water on Saturday night. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're alive. They are. No, we just, we just went away for a week and we have a very uh, warm and wonderful cat sitter. See, we feed our cats dry food at night, so we have the automatic feeder that feeds them at night. We do have a water, uh, you know, a filtered water machine next to the food. However, one of our cats refuses to drink water out of that and only drinks water out of a glass on our coffee table. So we need somebody to come over to refill the glass every morning and give them wet food also because... 
They're very fin- they're, they're very finicky. One of our cats will drink water wherever, but the other one has to drink out of a glass just like this set on a coffee table in our living room. So that's it's bizarre. They are weird, right? Yeah. So my what I was saying was we had cameras on it in like every room mm-hmm. of the house. Yeah. And Cactus has this yellow bird that he'll that's his like gift to us. Right. It was in the same place for eight straight days. And then yesterday or yesterday we get home and he's finding us and giving it to us. And oh, he fine. won't stop gifting it. He's gifted it like ten times today. It's like, bro. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the yellow bird. But but it's just interesting because the bird didn't move while we were home. And then we get home and the bird's everywhere on the house. Yeah. They're great. How old are your cats? They are 10. Okay. But they're, they're family? They're, they're like brother, sister? Brothers. Brothers. Cactus and Leo. Cactus and Leo. And were these Joe's cats before? Yeah. Okay. Some they're adopted mom, but... You should, um... Yeah, they're so great. I love them. I love them more than anything. Oh, so they, like, really get along. Yeah, our cats like each other a lot, but they don't hug like that. Are they related? No, uh -uh. uh-uh. Who's this, Leo again? That's Leo. Leo's... (laughs) That's Leo. Yeah, he's great. I love him so much. Do you think they all sense that there's cats in the room? Or no, because there's Zoom in between us. No, it's it's the strangest thing. Whenever I turn on a Zoom call, he comes in here. He just, he knows. It's the straight, like he hears your voice and he loves people. Whenever anybody comes over, he's always right at the door like a dog. Nellie, on the other hand, it takes a while for her to warm up to. Warm up. Yeah. But but Leo just immediately is, is all about, hey, who who's that? Do I need to be sitting in my desk chair? No, no. I'm I'm happy that I'm I have the energy to talk to you and uh, Oh my gosh, I know. How yeah. are you feeling? You know, I feel about um probably 50-60% my my normal. Like it's weird. I'm not violently coughing. Um I I've, I hadn't caught COVID the entire time for three and a half years. I was COVID free and then of course I go on a vacation of my lifetime and then 3 days after getting home uh, we both got sick, and um, both of you got. We both sick? got it. We both got. We both had never gotten it before. So, um, but you know, it's it's like um, there were two days last week that were bad. I had a fever. I I. But now it's like it's just sort of kind of just like a. It's in. It's a cold. I guess it's in my chest. I can tell it's not gone. My energy's a little low. Uh, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not dying. So the low energy was the worst part. I was very low energy. Yeah. How long did like, that last I, for? Oh my God. The energy thing felt like it took months. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully I don't have to wait months, but we'll the, see. I mean, it wasn't like a hundred percent bad the whole time, but like. It was just well. Not here's the tricky really thing. Great. The tricky thing is, is that it's not like you know. Last week I just took two days off and rested all day, but now it's to a point where I certainly don't have to take the day off. Um, I can still function. I can still work, and I can obviously talk to you. And but 
probably what I need to do is do nothing for, you know, a week. A week, a week, yeah. Probably, I mean, if I could, just because yeah. that way, you know, it's, you're, even talking to you and just like running errands, all of that takes energy. It's a lot know? of energy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of energy talking right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but it's- I bring the energy, buddy. Yeah, no, you, you do. So- um, Look, I even have a, <clears throat> a lava lamp. I love that. I mean, I- Figured you would. So I had to. Um, there are a couple couple topics that I, I I wanted to personalize this, but first I I was really intrigued by your calendar. You oh yeah. You sent me a photo. So Larissa sent me a photo <laughs> of her calendar. Um, it was really funny because I don't know. How I to love that you're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, this is, this is what's so interesting. When I saw the calendar in your calendar was check email. And so then I started to think to myself, like, do you ever have your own impulses that make you, of course, I'm being a bit facetious here when I say ever, but do you ever have impulses that ask you to do things or the only way you will do something is if you see it listed in your calendar like and I'll I'll follow that by saying like I have a calendar of course in my calendar is talk to Larissa or I have a vacation in a week or my acupuncture is Friday at three o'clock but things that I would sort of consider sort of a normal like check email or that was that that particular one popped out and I saw meditation I mean that sort of I could see why one would want to put that in their calendar because if you you and I see are, are different but similar in the sense that we can sort of be like a hamster or just like running on that wheel over and over again so seeing that oh meditate um, oh, I got to stop. But I, I was a bit perplexed and, and wanted to talk to you sort of about like your your mentality around your calendar and how oh, and how so you funny. and how you function and 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 dude, it's like oh, it's and then one more point. The irony was is that here I was somebody who is sort of lax with the calendar, but yet I, I know I, I remembered that our appointment quote you know, unquote was Tuesday, and you thought it was Monday, so I was. You know what I was thinking about that, and I'm like, what made me think that? And I don't know if it's maybe you originally proposed two different dates. I You're did. like. I, okay, so I think it was that in combination of I looked at the 15 and the time, like 6.15. Mm, yes. So I saw 15 and I thought the 15th. Was Monday And I'm 15th. so glad I texted you because I'm like, it could have, like, had I not texted, not that it would have ruined our night, but, like, we would have had different plans. And I was like, good thing I confirmed that. Yeah. Which is another part of my calendar is, like, I could I got to confirm all those appointments. So, like, I'm always looking at that thing because if it's not in my calendar, I'm I'm going to forget to do it. So, so um, what, there's how, all – Yeah. I'm going to get ahead. there. No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm so, it's, it's a lot of – it's a lot of different things. And this is going to be hopefully – intriguing to your audience because I know a lot of us struggle with it. Um, but I went home in uh, February of this year to Connecticut mm -hmm. and my sister was making a joke. I thought she was making a joke. I don't know if she's making a joke, but she was like, Oh God, my, your, oh, your ADHD is so bad. You have it so bad. And I'm like, I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who, me? And she's like listing off like these things that I do. And I'm like, oh crap. Like I check off all these boxes. Yeah. And so then I 
started to do research on it. And I was like, do I actually, do I struggle with this? And I'm like reading, I start using apps to figure out because I don't want to be medicated for it. Like the medication is freaking awesome. Like Adderall, yes, sign me up every day, but it's so bad for you. So I don't want to be reliant on a medication. So I'm like, how can I, number one, what is the root cause and can I fix it? And if so, how do I fix it? So I've started like doing a lot of different courses and using apps to like help me with it. Mm -hmm. And it's very common amongst entrepreneurs. Like Hmm. entrepreneurs are usually ADHD and that's how they're able to be entrepreneurs. There's like, it's a mindset thing. So one of the things, and this is like, this has been, I would say a solid month at this point, if I had my calendar on me, I could, I could, my planner, probably about a month of like starting to really learn about this stuff and implementing the tools to not get distracted. So it's how, like how many times a day do we check our emails? Some people, me just have it open all the time, Yeah, which means you're checking it all the time. And when you're toggling between tasks, like If you are working on a task and then an email comes in or a text message comes in or a call comes in or whatever the case may be, you pivot to that and then it's very hard to get back into the previous activity. Well, let me, let me interject really fast. Don't, because I agree with you, but I like, I feel like my mind and my brain works better when it's clean. Yes. And if I... I will check the email, but if it's worth responding to, it's really hard for me to go back to whatever I was doing until I respond to that email that's worth responding to. And I don't know if that's ADHD or my brain has a hard time letting something go until the task is complete. I almost feel like that's just being a it's good- It's both. Okay. I think it's, I think it's both, but here's the reality of the situation. Emails don't need to be looked at all day long. That's true. They don't. Uh, so my thing is, because what was happening to me, and this, I just implemented that part where you saw check emails three times a day, because I'm reading a book. I'm reading several books. But one of the books that I'm reading was um, talking about that as not a book. It might be on the app that I'm reading. It was like, you you shouldn't be looking at it. You don't need to look at it because it just pulls you off tasks. tasks. So what was happening to me was at the end of the day, I would have like 60 text messages, 60, 80 text messages. Wow. And by the end of it, I would be like so burnt out. Like I'm so burnt out. It's the end of the night. I'm like, I can't even think of getting into these text messages and reading them. But I had, I had to like keep putting them off. Like it was just becoming too much. So the goal is to be like, okay, but I'm in the same way. I'm like, I feel like I have to be so urgent with things, but you don't because you set your own boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So like you might think this task is urgent and it's not okay. And checked off of my list until it's complete, but that's not true. Like, how quickly did you have to respond? Could that email have waited? And am I giving the task the attention it deserves 
if I'm like kind of multitasking. So it's something I'm trying, but I've been away for the last week. So I haven't actually really gotten to like implement it, but that's where I was like getting distracted and then burnt out. And then I feeling like nothing was getting done. So I'm slowly like trying out these new tools to see like what's going to work and what's not going to work. Cause I feel like I work too much and I'm not making enough money. Hmm. Like for the amount of effort I put in in a single day, I feel severely underpaid for my efforts. Yeah. So I'm trying to like figure out how to really optimize my day and get way more organized with it because like I got big ass goals. Yeah. I got really big goals that I need to like really be diligent with making them come to fruition. You're touching on a lot of things that I think a lot about, and it's sort of, well, first of all, one point that you made earlier where you felt like you're underpaid, a lot of my artists' friends, and this is something that I've been really thinking a lot about also, and things that I'm reading, it, it feels like we're not valued, or, or, or things are becoming so expensive, and or the work that you do Larissa, and the work that, you know, writers do and filmmakers do, I think we as consumers, um, and I'm trying to wrap my head around this concept, I, I feel like we are in the golden age of consumption. Like we all can consume to our heart's content via so many apps and television shows um, and Twitter. And, and I can go onto YouTube and watch Sheryl Crow videos for the next 36 hours because I'm like on the Sheryl Crow binge of some sort. And, and then I can follow it up with YouTube binge. And, but I think, and we get it all for free, really, other than like five, 10 bucks a month that you pay to Netflix or whatever. But it, the entrepreneurs, I feel like, yeah, I guess that's the similarity. Even your, you know, writers and entrepreneurs and, and insurance salesmen, it feels like they have to work harder now. Um, and that's, I'm not saying that in any sort of complainy sort of way, but it does feel like there's a strange duality or strange dynamic happening where a value shift. Yeah, there's a value shift. And there's a value shift on it's also goes with our intention span and people want to something like right now. So what I offer is a long-term thing Hmm, yeah. (laughs) and people don't want to wait. They're like, I want it right now. So they go and they consume and they give daddy Bezos like all of their paycheck. And, you know, I can go on and on, on about that. And I try very hard in my own personal life to not be like consuming all the time Hmm. or like very, like paying attention to what I consume. Like I talk, was talking to a friend today and we're talking about like debt and getting out of debt. And I'm like, well, you do track your spending. He's like in my head. And I'm like, okay, that's a no. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I know where all of my money goes. You've known that for years about me. So like I'm on my own thing, but to the point of like, I'm figuring out how to, Like why the reason I work feel like I feel like I'm just not where I want to be yet. Yeah. 
I know where I will be. I'm not there yet. So I'm frustrated, but I know like as an entrepreneur, as someone building a business, you got to set a foundation, right? And my foundation for all the work I've put in, you don't get paid for that upfront work, Hmm. you know? So you're working more until that foundation is like laid and it's solid. And I understand that. But that's kind of like the moment for me was just feeling so burnt out and being like, oh my God, I'm working so hard. And I was miserable because I was, I was making the money and I'm making the money, but I, at this, at the sake of my own body deteriorating because I'm just like work, 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 work. You don't have time to meal prep and I am, you don't have time to do yoga and you don't, but you do have the time. You're just not prioritizing the right things. So for me right now, it's about prioritizing the right things. And that's what we as humans do. It's like, we don't prioritize. We don't prioritize for the long term. You know, we don't say like, Hey, if I didn't buy this $8 latte today, but if you reinvested that $8 into something different that was going to grow cash value or interest or compounding interest, like you would think differently, but you don't see that. You're like, I want this now. Yeah. You know, like you and I have had these conversations before, like, but the people that don't save for their future, they don't save for retirement. They just spend and they spend and they spend. And it's like, because they want this instant gratification and they can't see the bigger picture. Like if you have an $8 latte every single day and you're in debt, what is your future going to look like? You're, you're setting your future right there with that one choice to buy a latte. How hard is it for you to get people, well, it's a two-part question. I, this is what I struggle with. Um, I just went on, you know, I, I just turned 50 and I went on a pretty expensive trip, but I could afford it. Uh, could I have used that money and just invested it or put it away for my future? Absolutely. But, you know, I see my parents in their 80s and I, my dad's been retired now for 10 years. And one thing that I really think a lot about is traveling and seeing the world is a hell of a lot easier easier in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s than it is in your 70s and 80s. Now, um, I just, I'm not a believer, I I guess it's a balance. I'm not a believer in just putting everything in stored away for the future because I think um, we don't know what's going to happen five years from now. You know, I could... Um, I, I don't want to get too negative here, but just, you know, something bad could happen. And I might not be able to do the things that I want to do five years from now, so I'm going to do them now. Uh, but I also, when I get a paycheck, you know, I do devote a certain amount to cash savings or savings every time. Uh, and, but I also splurge sometimes. I mean, how is it, is it difficult for you to get people to to see the world of finance the way you do or people like me or is it okay to have sort of a balance about it what you know what what's your what's so that's which part do you want me to answer first it's up to you okay so i feel like i can make change through relationships building relationships 
So what I do, it can be transactional, but it's better when it's not transactional. Sure. It's better when you build a relationship and you build trust. And then you can be like, these are things I think you should implement. I've personally implemented them. I am the example of why they work. But you can't necessarily do that in one sales call. Yeah. You can. You know, I'm working on getting better at my craft that I can just be like, this is the story. Trust me in what I'm saying. I have passion. I have conviction. I'm, I've spent many years learning about this stuff. I'm not where I want to be. We're all like a work in progress. Financially, like, I wish I had way more in the bank. I should have way more in the bank. I should have way more invested. I'm not where I want to be. But I also know that I am like leaps and bounds ahead of many people that I know. Yeah. That are in debt, that only can only afford to rent, that live paycheck to paycheck, that X, Y, and Z. But I'm also not perfect. And I also believe that you, as long as you're, what you're doing is balanced, that's the most important or closest to balance. But also, I, I know we've talked about this too, but it's like, I save for these things. I plan. Right. So it's like, okay, like when I went to Portugal and it was like <clears throat> 2017 or 18, I saved yeah. every single time I got paid. I was like, I'm taking $400 out of every single paycheck and that's my Portugal fund. So my Portugal trip, while I was in debt, by the way, it was just like, it was a couple years be, uh, before becoming debt free. It's just, a, it's called a sinking fund. So yeah. like if it's something you're planning for, like you were planning for your birthday trip. Yeah, it's, it was, you know, and you actually make me feel good about it's, my decision because that was something that I had been saving for and planning for about 10 months yeah. because I knew that the plane tickets were really expensive. I knew where we wanted to stay was really expensive. Yeah. So it wasn't one you of those. Did it, you did it the right way where other people would be like, I'm just going to put it on a credit card right. and pay it off over the next year. And yeah. then how much did your freaking trip cost? You know, because you put it on a credit card like a dumb idiot. Yeah. Like that's, you did it the complete right way. Okay. There's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And like these people that, it's like the people that drive the fancy cars and they have this big ass car payment and they're living paycheck to paycheck. Like you don't deserve that car. Well, this goes you back to my that. this goes back to my original question and point and and it's something that I've just this this onslaught of consumerism that we live in. And when we were in the French Polynesia for a week and then I you know what it is you really realize how America it's just everybody wants to get you to buy something or to uh, they want your attention and it's just, it's exhausting. And and to your point about the car, I have my Volkswagen GTI. I don't have a car payment anymore. I love that car. But the world, if I turn up, because I like watching sports, every commercial is get that new car, auto insurance, 
buy this, but I just like, I just want to watch the basketball game and not be bombarded with what I need to buy. And, you know, it's a struggle. It's, it is, it, it is listening to those voices that you're sharing here about, you know, your future and what's important and saving, because if we're not careful, we just all get tricked into those, those, the, the buying, the nonstop purchasing, and it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it's a psychological thing too. Yeah. It's such a psychological thing. And it's like, you have to train yourself out of it. And it's a special, it's a muscle you have to build. Yeah. Like you don't just start it and you're like, oh, I can do it. It took me like how many years to become debt free? It took me how many trial and error to have a budget that works that you still need to like adjust and change all the time. But it's like, I see the bigger picture. And I also know that I'm enjoying my life here right now. Even if it did end in five years, I'm not going to have those regrets. But if it never ended or it, it ended when I was 103, like my grandma, I want to be able to not be stressing about money when I'm that old. So that's why I'm planning now. And people are just like, no, I want the trip. I want the car. I want the thing I shouldn't be paying for rather yeah. than just having some discipline, some self-control, seeing the bigger picture. Like there's people I know that have kids and they don't have like any of their financial house in order. And so then they're going to pass that shit down to their kids. And it's an endless cycle. You know what I think you'd be really good at? You'd be good at going to um, universities or colleges and speaking to students about finances because I think what's so evil about the credit card industry is a lot of them work go like to colleges yeah they go to colleges and work like vultures oh, and um, so and it's weird I don't know if my parents I, I think teaching kids about money is is actually a hard thing to teach oh my god it's so hard okay but I also but I think, think you would be really would, good at that you you would have to teach by example right but the parent isn't the example that's the problem yeah that's funny you say that because I, not exactly what you said, but I was, I was always like, not always, but there was a time in my life where I was like, I wish I could teach this in school, but I guess I was thinking more of like high school. Yeah. But yeah, like I should go tour campuses and be like, listen, yeah. this is what you gotta do. No, I'm serious. I think you can make a, I don't know if there's, if that's a thing or being a public speaker at college. Yes. I, I feel like you could make a lot of money doing that. You'd be really good. You, oh. Thanks. I'll put that on my list. Yeah, put it, add it to your calendar. <laughs> I brought a whole, I brought my whole notebook because I was like, I know I'm going to want to write things down because sometimes when you talk, I get a thought in my head. I'm like, I got to write it down so I don't interrupt huh. him. And I also don't forget about it. Anyways, I'm writing it down. Write it down. Speaker, speaker on college. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the cool thing about your area there near Massachusetts and New York, there's like a lot of universities around there. I don't. Oh, well, there's the University of Buffalo. 
right here. Yeah, but you're not that far from like Massachusetts and Boston and New York City. Yes, I am. Oh, you are? Yes. Dude, I'm like in Canada. Okay. Do you know where Niagara Falls is? Yeah, yeah I, was th I went there when I was a kid. My front yard. Wow. So how is, your, how is your life and your business so different. changed so different. Yeah, since, since being in LA? Has your business, oh like, has your, well, let's talk business first. Because you work from home and so much now is done remotely, has your business really changed too much? Uh, or that, that was a pretty easy, you know, thing. No, because I was always remote. Right. The biggest with my business is I travel a lot more now. Okay. So when I, so I moved, so we got engaged in May. We bought the house in May. We were in Vegas in July. We came home, we packed the apartment, we moved. We got the house end of July. And then every single month, or several months, I think I was here, September, October, November, December, and January, I was in, I was traveling for work every yeah. single month. So tra I travel a lot more. So that's the part of my business that's changed the most, but that's it. Are you traveling to meet clients or is this like more internal work? More internal, like okay. company events, leadership retreats. Um, we do a lot of contests within our agency. So, you know, we had a contest to go to Disneyland and I was one of the qualifiers. So I got to go to Disneyland for the day. So I flew out to California for like two nights. And then I had an event with one of our product providers. So I flew out to like San Diego area. And then Joe and I went to a leadership retreat with my direct CEO. So we went to Santa Inez. Hmm. And then I had our leadership retreat in Monterey, California. What do you think you're really good at that makes you a successful entrepreneur? Relationship building. Yeah. And how do you do that? Or, or like how, yeah. How I talk to anybody. So, I, I mean, I have gotten colder. Colder? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've gotten colder. Well, that's because you're in Buffalo. <laughs> no, not that, that way. But also, like, my heart has gotten a little bit colder hmm. being in sales and dealing with, like, people issues and how people will treat you. And you get rejected all the time. Well, are they giving uh, you lists of people to call on your own? No. Okay. So how are you no. find how are you finding people to contact? Everything. Wow. I like my biggest my biggest lead source is LinkedIn. Yeah, you I've I've we're friends on LinkedIn and I've seen that you're really like using LinkedIn a lot. So I love it. Talk to me about that. What like cuz oh, I I'm, I'm very it. It, I was just reading some articles about um, just the, the toxicity of, uh, on the mental makeup of one's brain, thanks to so, social media. But the, I do hear these stories like yours where they get a lot out of, in this example, LinkedIn. So talk to me about that. Because that's the market I want to be in. Hmm. I don't, what is, what is Instagram and what is Facebook? It's scrolling. It's like a fast dopamine, dopamine, yeah. dopamine. Right. Great. That's why you get people purchasing things because they're probably 
scrolling social media too much. They're going on to get the dopamine. They end up buying something. LinkedIn is not that. LinkedIn is, yes, you can sell products on LinkedIn, but you're selling a different product than you would be selling on Instagram or Facebook. So I'm selling myself, right? I'm not an influencer or anything like that, but I am selling myself because no one will do business with me if they don't trust me. Right. Like you can't, it's, I'm not selling a fucking candle, right? It's not like you can just be like, buy this candle. If the, if the packaging looks nice, someone will buy it and the price is right. They will buy it. What I do working in finance, you got to sell yourself and you're not going to, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are people. I know there are people in my industry that are very successful on those platforms. It's not the platform I want to build. And I've never seen anyone like, you know, I see people utilizing LinkedIn with our broker dealer, but like, I want it to be something different. Like I want to be the one, this is my like manifestation. I want to be the one that cracks the code Hmm. on LinkedIn for my business. How do you, how do you instill trust? Like how, what do you think is an effective way? You have to be relatable. You have to be relatable. Okay. You have to be a, you have to be seen as the the expert in whatever mm. you're slinging. You have to be. You have to show that you're the expert in what you're slinging. Um, but being true to who you are, telling real stories. That's what sells people. Hmm. Like that's how you sell yourself. You're just relatable. Like these influencers with these like highlight reels of like things are beautiful and look at my life. Like, yeah, that's not real life. Like this is the real shit. And that's what I put on my LinkedIn. Like this is my story. This is why I do what I do. Here are the numbers. Here are the facts. Here are the articles. So like, here's why you should want to do business with me because I'm just an amazing human. And here's the incredible product I'm going to show you the value of. And I can't, well, maybe I can do it on link or on Instagram and Facebook, but that's not what I want. I want to build it on LinkedIn. So, you know, I just try to provide value, education, quality information, and just be who I am. Tell my story of why I do what I do. Because yeah. the reason I'm in financial services is because of my upbringing. But I think it helps that you have a particular service that is, um, I think it has has a lot of value attached to it. It's, it's, oh my God, there's so much well, value. I, I just think about like filmmakers I know or as a writer or as a, I, yeah, it's, I think something that I struggle with is that I'm interested in so many things. Um, I'm not like a multimillionaire writer producer, musician, podcaster. So I don't know if I'm like an expert, but I I do know that if you do follow your your passion and and, and avoid the distractions, it's it allows you to develop your own intuition, your own mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings and motivations. 
Um, and, and if I'm making like a book, um, I mean, that's a product, but I, I think there's something about what you sell and what you are providing. I, I don't know. I think it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but I think if you're a filmmaker and you're trying to sell your movie, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I think that's something that I struggle with right now is, is, is like as the voice for creators, it feels like that bridge to, to get people to buy or understand the value of what you made. I'm sure, look, I'm sure you struggle with getting people to value what you do also, but it, it just yeah. feels like the, the proof is more in the pudding with uh, with you and money, it's it's like everybody wants more money, and everybody wants effective ways to improve their financial status. Whereas, you know, a movie, it's sort of like, oh, it's two hours where you'll be entertained, uh, and then that's that. Like, what's the next thing? It just, it's, yeah. it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of at a crossroads, and and hearing you talk about where you're at, it, it's inspiring, but it's also, um. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm not even sure what. I, what my point is. I'm, I. I just. I think you clearly have issues getting people to quote unquote buy in. But it feels like you offer something that's that's more solid and solidified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that it's just the the reason it's hard. I mean, for the right person, it's they see it. Yeah. You know, but. For a lot of people, you do have to do a bit of convincing and being like, hey, trust me, I'm debt free. I got myself out of debt. I was able to purchase a home. I have good credit. Like, I have a great life insurance policy. Trust me. Like, yeah, because you can't say that. I'm not saying you. I'm saying but most people can't say that. Yeah. So who are you like, think about the reason the predicament you're in right now and why you're there. And like, maybe I am actually giving you something that because of your shitty situation, you're just not going to see the value yeah. or you can't afford it because you rather go Postmates <laughs> lunch or you want to buy a purse you can't afford where you should just probably be investing in your future and you don't. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not just with insurance products. It's like with, it's with everything. It's like, I want it now. And if I can't have it now, it's probably not giving me a value, but that's how so many people live where they're like in debt. (laughs) Yeah. And like just, buying stupid shit and doing things that you don't deserve to do. You don't deserve to go on the trip to Tahiti when you're in $50,000 worth of credit card debt. You know, right. you, you didn't, you have to work a little bit harder. It's going to be uncomfortable. No one wants to be uncomfortable. No one wants to be uncomfortable. I think something about you that I've respected it's it's weird I'm I'm very self-motivated 
and I work hard, but some of those bigger decisions like moving, a new job, those sort of bigger choices always scare me. Um, They scare everybody. No, I know. (laughs) But, But you were able to do it. You know, you changed jobs many years ago and you packed up all your stuff and you moved back east. I mean, I don't know. Those are those are characteristics that I think um I I really respect and look up to I look up to you uh for having those attributes and and I think um sort of to bring a full circle, you know, we we do get comfortable really easily now. It's so easy to get comfortable. And I think those moments where you do pack up and leave or try a new job, I mean, those are really important um, characteristics and, and traits to sort of embrace. And I, I don't know, I think you, you're able to do that. And why or how, or how are you able to pull that off? I think, so the first big one was moving to California. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think. I just set lofty goals and then I'm like, I got to accomplish it. That's what it is. I think if I look back at like, why did I go to college? Because it was a lofty dream of mine to be the first Corso kid Hmm. to get a college degree. And then when I went to go visit California when I was 16 and I visited my uncle and I just loved it. I had such a great time. I went out, I visited for a week, I flew home and it was like, I mean, I'd have to ask my mom and my uncle, but like within one week, I had decided to go back on a one-way ticket Yeah, because I loved it so much and I spent the whole summer there and it was the best summer of my life. It was just like, oh, it was so cathartic. Yeah. It was just this experience I had never had. And what 16-year-old can say they got to spend a whole summer in California in Los Angeles with their awesome uncle that's just like so cool and down to earth and chill. And it was just like, wow, I've never, some of the experiences we had together, I had never had in my life. Yeah. Like sitting on the beaches in Malibu or going backcountry hiking or going walks, going on walks around on Melrose Avenue. Like what 16 year old can say that? Yeah. So I was just like, it was just this like pulsing inside of me. Like, Oh my God, like I want more of that. So how do I get more of that feeling? And then, you know, how many years later, I think I moved to Los Angeles when I was 25 because it was on my dream board in my head when I was 16. I was like, I gotta get it. I gotta, I gotta feel it. And then it's like a, it's an empowering thing. So yeah. you, when you do these things and you accomplish them, you're like, holy shit, if I can do that, I can do anything. Like if I did that, not many people can say they moved across country, sold all their shit, started over in a new city, knowing three people, like not many people can say that. Yeah. And then, you know, the starting a new career, that was like a not something I necessarily had in mind for myself. But once it came into my life, I knew it was meant to be in my life. Like I knew it came to me because it was meant to be. So I just embraced it. 
Yeah. And it was also in a sink or swim moment. Whereas like, I'm not going back into an office. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to have a fucking boss again where I can just, you know, be called into a meeting on a Thursday for a Friday morning meeting, knowing I'm getting laid off. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Like I had been laid off several times and I'm like enough. I'll never make the amount of money I want to be making. I'll never be able to afford the life I actually want to be living. And it was all COVID. And I think in those times of like crazy shit going on, like it's, it's a divide. It's a sink or swim. And for me, it was like, I'm swimming. I'm not going down like these other people. Like I'm going to figure this out. And then, you know, the, the move here was just not expected. (laughs) I never thought I was leaving Los Angeles. I never thought I was leaving Los Angeles ever. Yeah. I was like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm here, but then, you know, there's such a big part of me. That's like, I want land. I want to own something. I want a house. I want to be with someone. Like I want to, you know, when I met Joe, I told him, I think I told him this. Maybe when we were just in Florida or before that, it was like, I was under so much stress that I don't even think I knew until I stepped away from it a year later. But the moment I met Joe, there was this like divide inside of me, like I'm leaving California yeah, because I knew he was the one. So I'm like, in my, it was like the minute I met him or we've like, hung out kissed each other I was like oh my god California dream is coming to an end yeah and it was such like a hard thing because I'm like I thought this was my forever but Joe was my forever and like is it California or is it Joe like it's Joe obviously so for you know and when when he proposed the like part of look on my face was like I'm moving to New York (laughs) Not only am I like, is he proposing to me on the beach right now? But like, I'm going to New York and that's it. And it was like a week later, we found this house. Yeah. Two weeks or like on May 23rd, we put it down. We like made an offer on the house. We got the house. And it was just like, it was go, go. It was like no turning back now. And you're just like kind of going along with it. But listen, all those things incredibly scary yeah but then also like so thrilling (laughs) because you're like i did that how many people can say they they my fiance has lived in this in buffalo new york for 40 years Mm -hmm. you know i lived in connecticut i lived in massachusetts i lived in los angeles i've lived you know i've lived in other places in other states it's strange like I, lo- I still love L.A., but part of the reason why I like traveling to um, unusual places is because I have a lot of – I get very comfortable, as I said. And so I actually get fear – like I worry about things going wrong. It's it's the strange yeah. – like there's this line – but I – I'm trying to get better at it because there's this great line from a Tom Petty song where he says, most things I worry about never happen anyway. And I'm, I'm just realizing that about myself. Like how much time do I spend worrying about things that never will yeah. happen? And so the traveling to Tahiti and traveling to Greece, and we went to Croatia like four or five years ago, 
I mean, I love I love new experiences and seeing new culture, but it's also sort of like my way of, of getting out of my comfort zone because um, I feel vulnerable. And then when you're on a plane, somebody else is in control. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm putting my trust into this pilot. And then, you know, you're trusting new environments and, and new people and you're trying new food and, and all of those things. It, it, I guess for a lot of people, it would be like, well, what's the big stress? It's just a vacation. But strangely for me, it, it's, it's sort of a way to challenge myself to get out of my little cocoon. I, like, I think there's something really valuable about creating a home and, making, and being, feeling safe and feeling comfortable. Like Those are things that I don't like to poo-poo. And I think those are things that we really need to hold on to and try to create. Um, because they do make you feel whole, and they and, and there's nothing yeah. better than being with a partner and being with a significant other that that makes you feel the the comforts of home and and eating together and 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 sharing life together. But I can like take it too far where if I don't challenge myself, you know, by trying new things and going to new places, then the comforts. I almost feel like it becomes a a crutch, and you become too comfortable, and you don't, then then you become lazy, and then you don't want to explore and try new things. So for me, um, although I I'm I'm not ready to move out of California, I think I do realize it is important to test myself by trying new things or going to new places because it's weird. Once I was in Tahiti, I was so comfortable. But before that, I, I had all these anxieties and I was worrying about this and was I going to get food poisoning? It's just, it's like the laundry list of things that I think about are, is, is just pretty, it's, um, it's long. It's a long laundry list and it's, it's so yeah. silly and it's, it's a waste of energy, but, um, yeah, I don't That's know. That's just anxiety. Yeah. It's just anxiety. That's all it is. And, and just, um, and then, you know, not being in the, the confines or the safety or the cocoon of a, of a home that, that we've created. And, you know, I'll worry the cats are going to get sick. And it's just like, it's just, it's, um, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's, I think I'm, I'm, it's almost like the brain or our minds need to feel something. And worry is an, is an easy emotion for me to latch on to. Yeah. And it's almost like I feel that uh, before joy and, and I'm trying to like rewire that. Like when the plane was like really bumpy and shaking and I was hating it because we're over water, I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like there's no, we can't land. I mean, we're, we've got four more hours till we get to where we're going. And But my I started thinking about that Tom Petty song. I'm like, you know, it's not going to do me any good to worry about this right now. There's nothing yeah. we can do. So how am I going to rewire my brain to think of joy or, or like, this is just a plane or we're, it's just like, it's the turbulence or you've got to trust the pilot. Everything's going to be okay. And, and I think in order for you to move cross, I, I don't know. I feel like there's this little voice in your head that trusts that things are going to be okay. And that's something. Oh that yeah. I, okay. Cause I struggle with that. Oh no. I, I know how resilient I am. Okay. I'm resilient as I thought you were gonna. Say, I thought you said resilient. <laughs> resilient. No, I know. Resilient. So I'm like, I know I'm gonna make whatever is gonna happen to me. I'm still here today. Yeah. I'm 38 years old. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I have knock on wood, never broken a bone. Uh oh, knock like, on that wood. 
Yeah, I did. I, so I just know I'm going to make whatever work. I'm going to make it work. Okay. Like moving here was the biggest adjustment of my life and I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And I'm still like, how do I, it will be a year in July and I'm still kind of like, I'm working on figuring out life here, get like on the brink of getting married, being a homeowner, running a business. Like I'm still figuring it all out, but it's like, I, you know, I love my mom to death and I love my dad to death, but they've been in the same place their whole life, Hmm. you know? And I know that's like also probably a very like Catholic, they were both raised like Roman Catholic and the family unit and same with my fiance, like very, very rooted. Like we're with family all the time here. Like we see his parents, like when they're in town, we typically see them like once a week or every other week. So I don't know. For me, it's like, I don't judge anybody and their lives because it's their lives. But for me, I want to experience new things. I want to create my own life. Like I had, you know, this is the first time in my life I've ever felt so safe Hmm. and rooted. Like this is my home. Yeah. I don't have to worry about moving. When I was in Los Angeles, it was like always a thought in the back of my head. When am I going to have to move next? Hmm. And how much is it going to cost me to like live somewhere? And how much is it going to cost me to move? And like, and then, you know, before that living in Connecticut, you know, with my parents, being, you know, a kid of divorce and being passed between houses and being in your own house, but not feeling safe because there was a divorce underway, like, and everyone was experiencing lots of trauma during that time. So the, the household didn't necessarily feel safe. Yeah. So for me at 37, when we buy this house and we were like, finally here and the stuff is here and my fiance is mowing the lawn and the cats are sleeping in the bed. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is how life is supposed to feel. Like it's supposed to feel safe. It's supposed to feel love. And, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't loved, but like by my parents, I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's just a different experience. It's like, it's you, Larissa. It's you and Joe now. Like this is your family. This is, your life, you got, you get to build it, you get to create it. It's like Sims. It's like, you can make it any way you want it. Just about saying like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy the house. I've been thinking about buying the house. I want to own the house. I can afford to buy the house. You know what? I'm just going to do it. Because yeah. why am I so attached to this location? And for me, it was like, why was I so attached to Los Angeles? Why was I so, because I look at it, I'm like, gross. Like, it's woke as fuck. Like, I don't want to be associated with so many people that are there right now. It's dirty. It's disgusting. It's smoggy. Like I'm so, but I was so embedded in it. I was like, this, this is like a great life, but I was in it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to defend LA a little bit. No, it's not, it's not smoggy. I lived there for 12 years. Like obviously I had these things that I loved, Yeah. but now that I'm out of it and I'm like, Look, I can see 
the cons more clearly, which yeah. I didn't see them when I was there. But now that I'm like out of it, I'm like, wow, I didn't like that. But like my brain just thought that was like normal. This is how like rude people everywhere you go. Yeah. I just thought that was normal. Then I'm in Florida. I'm like, everybody's so nice here. Like customer service is so great. <laughs> and I'm like, it wasn't that good in LA. Yeah. Huh. Listen, LA, like I won't ever be able to ride on the freaking bike path. On the Here's the thing. Anymore. I think I've been to a lot of places. I think there's wonderful people. I have amazing friends out here. I think there's wonderful people everywhere, and I think there's selfish pricks everywhere too. There are, and they're oh, in, there and are. they're in Florida, and there's really smart people, and they're in, in New world, York too, and they're really ignorant people. Yeah, and they're in, they're in New York now. I think there's a larger um, concentration of people in LA because uh, that that well, it's so populated. Well, it's so populated, but also the entertainment industry and the and the dreamers. And, you know, the weather brings a certain percentage of people out here that are just self-oriented. Uh, um, yeah. And look, I, 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 it's, in closing, it's interesting. I was losing a lot of faith in the human race over the last few years. I really was. I know. No, but my, bir- but my birthday, actually, first of all, your message on Facebook and LinkedIn was so sweet and loving and I actually, this year, I got more thoughtful texts from friends than I can remember getting. And, and I think I'm a really great person. You are. I know. But oh, that makes me so happy that that's like such no, a but great it's, But it's weird. Like, I've, I've put myself out there with friends over the last few years be it like sending messages like, hey, let's meet up or something. And and I would get ghosted. And these aren't, like, I swear to God, like, people just, yeah. it made me, like, people, or I had another friend where it was like, he would want to meet me, but it, it, it only, it would only work if, if, like, I was on the way of something else that he was doing. It, it became very clear that he wasn't interested in having dinner with me, only if, like, the meeting fit in with something that he already had scheduled. And it was sort of like, to, to your or, earlier point, um, it, it did feel like I, I was just bummed by what technology, like it just, it became so clear to me that it was all because of social media and technology and people are so into their email or they're so into their Instagram feed or they're just so into themselves or what are they getting out of it as opposed to just a genuine Let's just meet up and hang and talk. Mm-hmm. So I was really like, I didn't feel like, I never felt like I had a ton of friends, but I always felt like um, I had a good amount and people were caring and loving towards me. I lost that. But then over the last year, I really, I don't know, I found myself texting people more and calling people more and saying hello and and I was putting, maybe I, I never felt like I was getting, I never felt like I was a bad friend, but I was really like trying to be thoughtful and, and really like writing meaningful texts and, and not just saying happy birthday, but just like, man, I really love you and, and happy birthday and I hope you have a great day. Just like, 
and and I don't know this. I don't know if if that energy I was putting out more to like came back. I because I don't think so. I just I feel like people have changed over the last year. Like really, and it, I really feel like people are appreciating human to human stuff more. And and I feel like people and because maybe it's something that I've really sort of talked a lot about over the last few years, it almost feels like people are like, you know that fucker Eddie Cohn who was always bitching, complaining about like the world of tech and so maybe he was right or something. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I just felt like this 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 um outpouring of thoughtful, loving birthday messages this year. Um, and it was, it was, it, it was beautiful. Am I making any I, sense? No. Yes. So I have so many things. I know we have to say goodbye, but just last, I, last thing. So my last thing is I think in the last year, well, first off, there's barely anyone I talk to that's still in LA hmm. other than people I'm in business with. Okay. Because I found the people I was in business with are like the true people I want to be friends with. Like the true people that we share the same like mindset mm-hmm. stuff. And that's who I want to be surrounded by. The last year, to your point, is I think what we have seen is the relationships we actually value because you're you're almost having to unfortunately make decisions on who your friendships and relationships will be will be with based on their fucking politics at this point. You know, that's the unfortunate crazy thing is like the trans and the guns and Biden versus Trump and COVID vaccines. Like you are finding out the mindset of people you actually value that relationship with. Like you and I, we see eye to eye Yeah. on most things, like not everything, but like that's why we have a really solid relationship. And that's why, like, it was so easy for me to write that text. Because I'm mm. like, this guy's fucking great. Like, how did I meet Eddie again? Oh, yeah, because he came and, like, just wanted to be my fucking friend. And he was the only person in that class that did that. You know? So, like, I think you're just seeing, you know what? This person and I, I know, like, we share some of the same views on things. Like... You know, I won't, I don't want to say them because I don't want to polarize any of your like listeners or anything, but like I'm saying you're, you figured out, we're all figuring it out right now. Like, huh, we speak the same language. We can have the same jokes about, yeah, but I don't even, this, but I think even if you had differing political views or no, I'm not saying, you know, this is, like, this I, I, is no, gonna, but I think you're just, you're, you know what it is? I think you're a thoughtful person. And I think you think about others. And yes, you have a business, but I am tired of people that don't think of others. And for there's so many. That's so many. What I know, but I'm just they don't. There's no. Just I know, like, but this last, sad. this last, this my birthday a few weeks or two weeks ago. I, I don't know. It was your message and some other messages I got where it just, it just felt like. Um, I don't know. Just, it feels like there's a little bit of a coming out party where people are like, holy fuck, I've spent the last five years only thinking about myself and yeah. how fucking selfish of me to think that way. And it just, it, I, I, 
I connect. Well, the loneliness too. Yeah. Like all of the loneliness that has happened. Like no one, these, the effects of COVID will leave a lasting effect on all of us. I think yeah. the way we were treated hmm. by our government, by some of us, by our friends, some of us, by our family alienated, told they could never, you're never going to see me again. If you don't believe in the same political view as me, like, and I'm never going to see you again. Like, there are people, people, I think you have filtered the right people into your life, Eddie. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not, I don't think like you have filtered the right people in. I feel like this is the point in your life where you know who you are, you know what you want. People know who you are because you're very transparent hmm. and like, you're an honest person. You're an empathetic person. And like, that's who you're drawing into your life. And I think, yeah, there, there is a division happening. Like there are people that were probably in your life, in your life three years ago, and they're not in your life anymore right now. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe over these past three years, you've strengthened relationships because you're honest, you're vocal, you're transparent on your podcast. Like, People are the right people or are very much so drawn to people that can be honest and say what they mean and not hold back or not say this because they don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Like people just know who you are and the, this shit. And it is also probably a mindset shift for you where you're like, you're like, I crave these relationships and you've been asking the universe, like, bring me those yeah. relationships. You know, you're and right. They, yes. And and they come into your life. And I think that's part of this this great shift that's happening right now. Hmm. You know, there's these these people that are leveling up. And there's people that are just like flatlining right now and just like not only flatlining, but like going deeper. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you're never getting out of that hole. No. Like no, you're in yeah. that hole, you're never getting out. But then you and I were on this like upward. Yeah. Hmm. Like you're just getting started in your life. <laughs> you know, like the best things in your life haven't even happened to you yet. Yeah, it's weird. I like it's so strange. Uh gosh, and I'll we'll, we'll just we'll talk on the phone, but hitting 50 was weird. Like um I got a lot of people in Tahiti who don't know me and and they like most people didn't ask me my age, but they were, when I told them, they were like, holy fuck, I, I can't believe you're 50. And, you know, I was wearing a baseball hat. I probably looked a little younger and everything. But but you know what it is? I I do exude youthful, curious energy. Um, yeah. And so it is weird. But I but to your point, I do feel like I still have a lot that I want to accomplish. Um, but then when I think, fuck, it's like I've probably lived half my life. It is It is a strange... Dichotomy, right? like it's, it's just something that I'm I'm sort of wrestling with and trying to and and fifty feels so old because it I remember does. when my dad was fifty right. and I'm like you're so old yeah but you're not you're like I know you're like twenty you're like in your twenties or something yeah you act like you're in your twenties in a good way like yeah good no part absolutely you too I mean, it's weird like and a lot of my friends are are you know ten to fifteen years younger than I am I mean I have some guy guy friends that are you know, late 40s, early 50s. But um, I think it's just, 
my last point, I'll let you go. It, it is about still being, you know, look, you can make millions of dollars and want to retire and sort of take it easy. But even if you do take it easy, there is something to be said about being curious and wanting to learn more. And even if, you know, you do make $5 million and you have those two houses and you don't have to work as hard as you are now, I still think there's something about being curious and wanting to learn that that type of energy keeps you youthful. Oh, yeah. Always be learning. Yeah. Always be learning always be growing. Yeah. Always strive to be better. Yeah, that too. Be kind. <laughs> that, the right thing. Yeah. I can, I can keep and going. And think about others. Stop thinking about yourself. Oh, it's just I like, know. God. Yeah. Well, Larissa, um, I'll put this during the intro, but just, uh, just tell me so I hear it. Where, where's the best place for people to find you? At Larissa Marin on Instagram mm-hmm. is the best place. Or if you want to see my the business, more business side of me, yeah. you can just search my name, Larissa Corso, on LinkedIn. You can go to Eddie's page. I'm probably, if, when you post this up, yeah. I'll post it on my LinkedIn too. But those are the two best places to follow me i also live in grand island i have an extra bedroom so if you really like this podcast you want to see the falls you can stay in our upstairs bedroom that's where i'm found and how much on do you, an, how much on an do you island char- how much do you charge for that room oh we you just have to make us breakfast and pet <laughs> okay. the cats you actually should freaking come i know oh my god we have a tr- we you have i should totally come we have a northeast trip coming up sometime next year so oh, i'll let you know eddie you have to come here like May, like June, July. Yeah. It's gorgeous. December. And, and then they, no, and then they do from our front, um, our front like living room, you can, they do the fireworks over Niagara Falls every oh, wow. night. And I think it starts in July and I think it goes to like October or November every single night and you can see the mist of the falls you can see the fireworks it's the air smells so nice it's green we're right on the water like we have an extra bedroom you guys we have cats you love 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 cats cats. you know me and cats yeah oh my god we would love to host you great we haven't hosted barely anyone my sister and her boyfriend and then Joe's mom stayed over one night and my aunt, my uncle, but like, yeah, I'm telling you, we live in a vacation home. It's awesome. Wow. Well, you know, you, you fueled me up. I feel, um, I mean, it's the last couple of days I was starting to feel a little better, but now it's, I'm sure I'm going to want to pass out in like two hours because I noticed my energy, like this dumb COVID I'll, I'm great. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh God, I have to nap for two hours. But this felt, this felt great. I feel really good. I'm so happy that, you know, you delayed it a couple days and thanks for doing this. This was really good. <laughs> yeah. I feel energized too. I'm going to go on a walk. I knew I would. I'm like, I'm going to have this podcast with any Eddie and I know we're going to talk about some great stuff and then I'm going to get all my my dopamine's going to get going. So yeah. now I'm going to go do a, I'll, I'm going to go do a walk. I haven't walked like in a week cause we've been away and just drinking by the pool all day. Yeah. So I'm going to go on a walk, enjoy the sunset. Nice. And Gr- the sun. Great to see you. Good seeing you. Definitely. Have a good day. Thanks for doing this. 
All right. Bye. Bye.